You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Everybody, this is Dominic D'Angelo. You may know me from such places, adfreeshows.com, uh, Wrestling Inc., uh, WrestleZone, some other sites. But I am here on Premier Network with the debut episode with none other. It's one of a kind here, Mr. Rob Van Dam, W yes. Hall of Famer. And uh, Rob, dude, thanks for joining me for this. This should be a fun ride, man. Right on, man. I am looking forward to it. You know, I'm a little long-winded, so... Ask me a couple of questions. I think uh, we'll call it a wrap. Boom, boom. A couple of these. A <laughs> couple of these. We'll get, then we'll get to it. <laughs> it's good enough. Hey, so, all right. Um, well, I guess we'll start off here. Um, just loose show format, guys. Basically, what we're going to do is bullshit about if Rob's watch wrestling, we'll talk about wrestling. If he hasn't, we'll talk about something else. But we'll always touch about a wrestling subject. We always have one encompassing topic that kind of circles through everything. But... Rob does have some wrestling to talk about this week because um, he was pretty busy. <laughs> he was pretty busy. You were on SmackDown starting off uh, announcing the draft and then on Raw. Uh, Rob, how about you talk to us about that experience a little bit? How was that for you? Yeah, well, you know, I saw you right smack in the middle in between on the right. other side of the country. So it was actually even busier than that. Really busy month. I think I had uh, like six uh, trips and and one personal um, on on top of all that, and um, you know I booked myself, so that's uh, um, what I did. You know I knew it was going to be really busy, but I just got home last night from this big run, the latest being uh, SmackDown on Tuesday, so uh, got back uh, yesterday, and now I'm in. Uh, um, Chill mode. I'm happy to be home. Still got a lot of stuff going on. It's just that uh, I don't have a trip for, for a few weeks. So uh, a lot of the stuff is uh, home related or business uh, that I can handle from home. So, uh, yeah, it was cool, dude, being back at WWE. Uh, all because of this guy. Right? All because of that fellow right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, got a lot of respect. I got a lot of um, the current wrestlers come up and tell me how much um, I inspired them. And, you know, that, that goes a long way. You know, that means a lot when it comes straight from them. Cause some of the guys you just don't know, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I've had some guys that I just, you know, was like, man, that guy's kind of like a dick. Like he never says anything, you know, and acts like he's just stuck to himself. And then, and then we're up working, we end up working or something. And the guy will be like, Hey, just so you know, man, this is a, um, this is a dream dream match for me or something like that, you know, or this is bucket list, man. This is great. It's an honor. And I'm like, really? Cause you act like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know what anyone else is thinking, what anyone else is going through, but um, had a good, good weekend, had a good month, but it was cool being in uh, um, at SmackDown and, uh, and at raw, it was uh, cool as well. You know, um, a little bit looser, which is usually it's the other way around. SmackDown usually seems a little less tense this time. Kind of seemed like the other way around, but maybe that's because it was day two for me, but also different round of uh, some of the boys, you know, the legends. I was kind of grouped with uh, um, Teddy Long and uh, Eric Bischoff. Eric, yep. Yeah, and Bradshaw. Um, and, um, uh, and, and so, you know, we were carpooled together and dressing room and, and and stuff like that but in between that got to say hi to uh, a lot of people and um and you know meet meet a lot of new people 
say hi to some of my friends, you know. Like, well, who stood out to you, like, uh, for, first impression-wise, like, just from a personality standpoint, who was, like, kind of like, oh, that's, I could definitely roll with this person and ride with this person at some point, you know, if you're on the road again. Yeah, you know, uh, almost everybody, you know, they seemed really, really appreciative, you know, um, uh, and, and um, if you the if you saw the um, um, the pre tape the 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 walk that we did when I had the card <laughs> uh, card yep <laughs> those two dudes the um, Boone or Boog Boog big oh Rick Boog. yeah Rick Boog. Yeah. Yep. Those guys, him and his partner, they were super cool, you know, and uh, um, and the guy, um, man, um, I can't remember his name, uh, but the guy with the, he has like short blonde hair, like a military cut and has like a psycho look in his eyes. Oh, and, Dexter Loomis. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dexter um, Loomis. Um, for a while, you know, and they were, they were really cool, you know, and, uh, all the LWO guys, you know, they were all, they were all like, real, and I didn't even realize that one of them was, um, um, uh, Zion, not Eon. Yeah. Zion. yeah, yeah. I'm a Zion. Is that it or something like oh, that? Zima Ion. Zima Ion. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I worked with him a lot in uh, in Impact, you know, a long time ago. So that was cool. But uh, you know, cool to see Paul Heyman. You know. Yeah. And, uh, didn't see Vince. Uh, saw Trip. Saw Triple H. You know, he's he's the boss there now. And he was cool. Um, you know. One thing that sticks out is uh, I, I saw Brock for, for a minute. He was leaving, you know, when I was kind of crossing paths and, hey, Brock, you know, and said hi, hi to him. And, man, he he's bigger than I remember. He looked like a giant. Yes. Maybe, he had, maybe he had cowboy boots on, you know, thinking about it right now. But, man, he just looked like um, – like reminded me of maybe like of the Bigfoot uh, – the Bigfoot action figure that I used to have to go with my $6 million man. That was a long time. <laughs> you got to be in my age group to remember those. But uh, well, this, I remember seeing those, the Steve Austin ones. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then the Bigfoot was so much bigger. And the, dude, and he's just so big. And Jack, I've always been a fan of his because, because um, look at him. And he's so credible and so athletic. But that really stuck out in my mind. Like, dude, I've always said, you know, he, he fits the part. He's good for the business. So. Absolutely. Like, and the, yeah. like his mentality of that and just kind of not giving any fucks. <laughs> it's like, you like that outlaw mentality that he has. Now, was he wearing like the duster kind of thing? And I know he was kind of going that, that like, because to your point, I think he was probably wearing cowboy boots. Probably so. Yeah. I think he probably had a hat on and, you know, it was, it was quick and dark and I'm not one to notice fashion. So that's about, sure. as, about as far as I can go. Uh, to describe it. <laughs> as description wise. <laughs> Dude was big though. Yeah, it was, it was good seeing everybody though. It was, you know, and uh, um, everybody, Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens was the first one to say, dude, the people are going to be pissed that you're not drafting yourself. Yeah. And I heard that several times afterwards. Well, yeah. geez, I got to say, I mean, from the, the crowd pop, holy shit, on both nights too. Yeah. It was, um, you had to pause for both of those times. <laughs> they were, the crowd was into you, man. Yeah. And on the first night, the lady's like, come on, come on, come on. But, um, yeah, got to make time for that for that connection, and uh, it was cool. It was cool, and then I, I expect that. I'm not surprised. You know, some people will say, whether it's in a text message to me, you know, or they're just talking, you know, they'll they'll be they'll say like, um, the uh, you know the people uh, you know the people still remember you, and I'll be like, was that a question? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, it's. I just think it's pretty cool because um, it just shows like the longevity and the the kind of just the run that you've had in a lot of ways, and more so that you're like, yeah, what's kind of your plans coming up here? Like, do you kind of are you just kind of seeing where life kind of goes? Because you're, I mean, obviously you're in great shape. You, I, I saw you work in Pittsburgh here, and it's you haven't missed a beat and everything like that. Uh, what's kind of uh, the name of the episode here is the Van Dam address. So, what is the state of RVD at this moment in time? Um, Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very recently texas and uh and um pennsylvania pennsylvania <laughs> and um, illinois and indiana and um, california and uh georgia and uh, tennessee and um 
Maybe that's it for this month. Not counting, you can't count passing through uh, changing airplanes and stuff. Although that's the only my own experience with Russia. But I did spend the night at the airport, so maybe that makes it count. I uh, think that counts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went through on the way back, and I got to know the place. So it was like this is my stop in Russia. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Um, so if it sounds confusing to anybody, you, um, on SmackDown on Friday, we were in Corpus Christi. And WWE um, knew that I had a match that I was already booked against um, the uh, the stunning Channing Decker. That's right. Uh, Canada's greatest in um, Ross Draver in uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, so that was yeah, I can I can I can hear it in my voice. You know, I'm still still recovering from from a lot of travel and I started a little on the tired side. So it wasn't a good trip to catch up on, uh, on rest. But uh, like I said, it was, it was one of those months, nothing at all, like being with WWE and being nonstop five different towns every single week and then going home, like nothing at all like that. Just, just, you know, re- really busy and, uh, and really good, really productive. So on uh, Saturday I went and had a match and, uh, and uh, you rode down from the airport with me. Yep. And, uh, yep. And our friend, uh, YouTube, Chris. Chris, yeah. Yeah. And cool we dude. About some plans. Talked yep. about some plans. Yeah. So um, that was cool. Had the, uh, had the match. And then the next morning flew back to uh, Dallas, Fort Worth for Monday Night Raw. And then uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday flew to Nevada, where I am currently residing. But So, um, you know, it was real easy because there wasn't a lot to do i would have liked to have done more you know of course that would have been cool i'd like to have done a run in and frog splash somebody but that's cool hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i'd be i think everybody yeah, will I, like I, I really don't feel comfortable in a suit you know what i mean like that's that's one thing that um i could learn to i guess maybe no, I probably couldn't, you know what I mean? But I was just thinking, like, if people all the time were like, no, really, like, you look really nice, this is, you know, then I guess that you would believe anything if we get our feedback from everyone. Otherwise, who are we to say whether we're good looking or, or what, you know what I mean? Like, it's all it's all uh, bounced back off uh, other people's observations. But, but yeah, I can't imagine uh, ever not, not feeling, like, stuffy and uncomfortable and, and wishing I could take the jacket off, you know, to to feel more like me the suits drive me nuts too it's like if i have to wear one i will but i mean if i have the option i'll wear a like button-up collar unbutton it a little bit roll up the sleeves and there we go that's good enough for me that's like the most i want to dress up but if you had the option really yeah if you had the option to kind of go like uh when you went out there to to announce the draft stuff what would you have worn what would you gone with oh um my wrestling outfit no i wouldn't wear that (laughs) You again, you know, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Fashion. I would have asked Katie to dress me. Yeah. <laughs> he buys all my shoes and, uh, and I'm so not used to getting compliments about what I'm wearing. Uh, for the first several times someone said, uh, Hey, nice kicks. Hey, I like your kicks. I thought they meant my martial arts, you know, oh. <laughs> and I, it took a while till I was like, wait, they're complimenting something I'm wearing. Cause that's never been a strong point for me. Were those the purple Jordans you were wearing? Yeah, yeah. Those were nice. Those were nice kicks. <laughs> yeah. So I asked WWE when they booked it. You know, what about wardrobe? You know, am I wearing something special? Because I didn't know what I was doing at first. Just, you know, the the dates and uh, and then I was told, yeah, I guess just you know street clothes, whatever you're wearing. I said, all right, like jeans, whatever, cool. And then the day of, then they said, hey, Rob, do you have a jacket? Like, fuck no. <laughs> and, and so they had to go shopping. And then they went and they got a purple shirt to match the purple Jordan. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. And, I, and then I saw some some assholes on uh, on Twitter saying something about RVD can't even afford a suit that fits. And look at this. Like, there's always, <laughs> like, there's always like some horrible. You can't escape it. It's always there. Some yeah. fucking troll is going to get at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about Ross Traver a little bit. Um I thought what I so that was the first time I was ever there. And I know I IWC, it's the local promotion here in Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And they've been around forever. They used to be called Steel City Wrestling when I saw them like way back in the day. But um 
you were telling me on the ride over you're like yeah it's i've been there like with, you wrestled there for ecw and stuff and you're like it's kind of a shithole and then when he walked in i saw it and it was a shithole same shithole yeah, <laughs> same shithole here's a picture of it right there and i think that's an older p- picture because i didn't it didn't look that pristine i would say it looks nice there that's definitely right after the maid uh the maid left you know yes right well th- so i was doing a little research and here the fucking roof fell in in like 2010 during a snowstorm so that was the rush and they rebuilt it like they okay. they structured it back up but oh who knew who knew that shit but uh recaptured the same shittiness instead of it did they were like you know what let's keep the tradition going and make it still look like a shithole yeah because in comparison like the acw arena in philly you know it's unrecognizable compared to back in the day it's so nice now and the, the way they have the partitions and they have a whole bar and rooms that weren't there and everything's different the dressing rooms bathrooms like it's so different it's like they gutted it out and uh and started from scratch and in comparison this is the same shithole <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they wanted to just keep with the tradition there uh, no i'm with you on the, the 2300 i never i was never at the original ecw arena i think nearing the end at like 2010 when roh was doing shows there it was different then but it like it it's very much like i'm sure what it didn't look like what i saw on television at the old ecw arena is it's not what that is anymore <laughs> but yeah. no yeah. It, it's an interesting place though nonetheless. And, I, and i mentioned that uh when wwe brought ecw back and then um you know for a while there we were piggybacking on smackdown somehow i guess for the tvs yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was just TVs, and then maybe eventually we went off and did our house shows or whatever. But at some point, there was ECW live events, as they called them, and they booked the same shitholes that ECW used to run back in the day that I used to hate. And I was thinking, no, this should be, this. You know, we're not trying to recapture the same shittiness. You no. know. And, and this was one of them. I remember uh, being booked in uh, at the fucking Ross Raver Ice Gardens for WWE, and I was like, "Man, no," because you know a lot of it also was from the dressing room point of view, and like there's there's nowhere to stretch for me. You know what I mean? We're seeing that, yeah. Going to be laying down on the dirty floor somewhere, hoping I don't get stepped on. And, uh, and and as you saw, there was paint chips everywhere this time. So those paint chips, I haven't even opened up my bag yet because I, I just got in last, last night. And uh, uh, I have since the match because I always let my wet stuff air out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the hotel. But since I've gotten home yet, uh, I bet when I pull out my clothes and stuff, they have those fucking paint chips. You're going to shake it out like an old Italian woman outside of a window. Uh, <laughs> it's... That's not a ra- racial. I don't know. That's all right. I, I could say it. I'm I'm half a time. Let's go. Yo. <laughs> um, okay. Well, as far as the shitty ECW tour arena, like what was the like what was the your most dreaded one that you had to deal with around that like this circuit area kind of thing? The shittiest? Yeah, the shittiest if you had to go along. What I think of is Jim Thorpe. And so if oh. any fans, if any fans remember the uh, Jim Thorpe arena, um, it was some kind of a, I think it was a bar. Like I'm thinking maybe possibly it could have had some kind of a secret society like the American Legion or Shriners or some, you know, one of those uh, purpose buildings, you know, like the, like the veteran halls, but maybe. Otherwise, it could have just been a public bar. I don't know. Um, it was it was really weird. But the wrestlers where we would dress was like a, a big area. Um, it was really dark. There was no lights in this room. And it was, uh, it was like a screened-in porch. And it hung over the side of the fucking mountain. What? And there's holes in the floor. And, and when it rained, 
everything was wet. There's wet carpet all over and your, your feet are like bumping all over like boards that are sticking up. And, uh, and it was such a shithole. All of our stuff uh, would get wet. And we just, we would always just say, you know, one day when uh, Big Sal or, 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 or the wrong, the wrong amount of people come back here, we're going down that fucking mountain. You get roadkill back there and fucking, yeah, fucking Big yeah. Sal. <laughs> over. Shitty. The thing was slanted too. It was, <laughs> there's no way that that passed uh, uh, any kind of legitimate fire code. Safety. It was a safety hazard and a half. And this is the building where uh, one time uh, out in the the venue area where the ring was, um, they started a riot. I can't remember if it was the Dudleys or, or New Jack that started this uh, this riot, and they actually uh, brought uh, brought uh, riot police. They came in like with with shields and stuff. It was so weird. And they had a dog, a German Shepherd that they let loose. And the German Shepherd is in our in our shitty uh, dressing room, you know. And uh, we're we're kind of hoping that he you know goes that he falls through a hole and goes off the cliff because he was uh, um you know he was a cop dog and we all got shit in our bags and Tracy Smothers was saying was saying uh get that dog kick that dog he's a stooge kick that dog he's, he's a stooge. kick him kick him <laughs> yeah. and uh because uh, you know he was gonna like smell all of our bags and shit out but th- that was a crazy fucking uh, uh night and 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 I I would not be surprised if the building has fallen off the cliff since since I was there, which was probably like 99-ish. Well, if it hasn't, they probably should have just bulldozed it right over anyways. <laughs> just put I mean, it out of its misery. Yeah, still be. I wouldn't be surprised to hear if anything like that did happen. Jesus, man. Probably did. <laughs> probably, odds are. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, so something that we, we did too, we had um we had a driver that was helping us. He was one of the trainees there. Um, and uh, I, we you went we went to applebee's <laughs> and i i i was so surprised that we were able to find something like that at that point in time because usually in pittsburgh in that area you can't find shit and we were really looking <laughs> and lo and behold That's applebee's was open you got to experience in that one night how much fun it can be when you're on the road and then you leave after a show and everywhere is closed when you're trying to trying to get uh food I don't know how we used to do it before the smartphones. That was really crazy. Trying to trying to find hotels and food, you know, and and try to find our fucking way to the next town. Even like it's amazing that that we used to be able to do all that shit. Man, it's it is unbelievable. And you were saying that food is so tough to do, and working finding time to work out and everything like that when you're on the road like that. Holy shit! Well, gotta give up something. You know, some of the boys will give up sleep for it like uh bob holly you know someone like that that's really intense and uh yeah like uh um what's his name mr s oh like, billy gunn yeah that dude you know like those guys i can see them going to bed at, at, at two in the morning and, and it's still getting up at seven to fucking hit the gym because they're not going to miss a workout you know but but usually you got to give up something and and uh you know learn how to balance the, the balance is key it is key i i especially if you're doing that shit um but like so what happened too is when i was talking to him earlier i, I won't say his name but uh before we met up he i was like oh you can maybe get some input from rob or anything like that well he he never really said anything and so uh but when you went to the bathroom chris was like hey you should ask rvd any questions or anything like that and he was like yeah maybe but you could tell he was kind of nervous about it he's a newer kid and everything like that um, yeah. I wanted to just get your perspective from it. Uh, if he was to ask you something, how or to to the level of like, how how would you, how do you approach that when that happens? When somebody like because there a lot of the younger talent is intimidated or kind of like uptight and you know little things like that. Would you encourage something like that to to for them to do so? If he took the moment to kind of pick your brain a little bit, so to speak, during those times, or how 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 do you? feel about all that kind of thing. I think unless he had any specific questions that it would be awkward to just try to open up the floor for discussion on anything and, and assume that I feel like talking about it. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's weird when uh, like his signings, you know, sometimes people will 
will say that, you know, they'll just be like, hey, man, uh, uh, what would you say to someone um, um, that, you know, that, that wants to be a wrestler? It's like, God, oh, that's so vague. Yeah, you know? that's very, very vague. You know, so I gave them a vague answer, you know, whatever's on my mind. Uh, thought questions changed for me. Uh, that's part of being one of a kind. It, it is one of the many things that I've noticed that's different uh, about myself when I study the mm -hmm. status quo or the basic thinkers. I don't, I don't really have a lot of like favorites that stick out in my mind as favorites. So when people want to know, you know, I don't, I don't think I have like a favorite color, you know, and like, if you ask me what my favorite movie is, I, I it's probably going to change. You know, I, I go sure. with, yeah. you know, a lot of times, but other times I might give a different answer. It's not that I'm lying, you know, but at that point, that's what comes to my mind. And it's like, um, so, you know, when uh, um, it, uh, if someone just says, uh, you know, hey, you know, any advice for someone starting out, I just say, you know, uh, make sure you uh, ask yourself what you're doing it for, what the reason is. And then uh, remember that because someday you might have to fall back on that. You might have to ask yourself, you know, what the fuck am I doing this for? And then you already got your reason. And, you know, if it changed, if it stayed the same, that might help you out. But, uh, you know, there's that's. You know, circumstantially, it could be anything. Uh, absolutely, and like, could be, dude, lose some fucking weight. You're 800 pounds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it could be any of those. It, no, it's. I think too, like, even just that basis kind of thought process of like, hey, just look at it from that foundation is like, okay, that's a good start, and like, you know, to where you kind of launch off and go from there. But yeah, it's like to your point though, it's like it would be tough to be in that position and be like, okay, I'm just gonna ask this guy a question that you know I'm. Yeah. Driving around and certain things like that it, yeah it put a little awkward there i think too. yeah unless there's something really specific you know what i mean like i remember when i was training uh you know uh we the chic trained it was very like uh it wasn't like a school it was really personal like uh like three of us maybe four once in a while five of us mm -hmm. that worked out and we were like family we ate with the chic we ate dinner afterwards and stuff you know and and uh, we were taught so stiff just to squeeze each other and pull each other down and try to pin each other. And it was all about that just gruff, like wrestling and, 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 uh, and protecting the business, you know? And so if he got scuffed up, got a little bloody, that was awesome. That was good for the business. You know, that's, that's, um, that's how we got trained. Other people quite different. I remember my first year or two in learning uh, that, some of the wrestlers did this uh, really weak ass uh, wrestler handshake. I don't know if you're familiar with it. <laughs> like the fish handshake thing? Yeah. 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 Uh, that it, the fish handshake? Yeah. And, and a lot of times it'll be, they'll do like two fingers, like someone, I don't know who started. Oh, that. really? They'll do two fingers? Yeah. They'll be like, hey, brother. Hey, brother. What? Hey brother, good to meet you. Hey brother, good to see you. And uh, anyway, it's a traditional uh, <laughs> handshake. And I had like some of the guys, uh, like El Snow, and mm -hmm. uh, some of his like that. You know, we'd squeeze their hand, and they'd be like, "Whoa, we're way too stiff," and you gotta lighten up. And um, and and saying that uh, the idea was that you're shaking hands with uh, someone that's in the same business with you. And let's just say there's a lot you can learn from the handshake about how that person is going to be in the ring. Right. That's, yeah. the, that's the idea behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, I asked Sheik one time, I was like, you know, they're telling me to do this, but it's weird. I don't know. Like if they're going to grab my hand or if it's going to be weak. And, and I, I don't know, you know, they said that I'm doing it too stiff. And, and Sheik was just like, uh, fuck them. You grab their hand and squeeze it like a man. I was like, good, good enough. Hey, all right. <laughs> I don't want to give anybody a false impression that I'm going to, they're not going to feel me in the ring anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like learning from him too. It's just like, and JR talked about it on his podcast too, how it's like you yeah. learned a certain mentality from the Sheik and like he had his yep. ways up in, in the Michigan area and Detroit area. It's like, so like to get that kind of insight from him early on is that's a pretty damn good head start. And not only that, but it's just like you're a unique one too at that one. Definitely. Right. And, and, and Sabu as well. And we're both unique in different ways. But yep. we have a lot in common, you know, as far as like the Sheik taught us to believe in what we're doing every moment. And it's something that's missing now 
because these guys now don't have the chic or even our um uh our our mentality like um really like processed and and and, and taught into them they just kind of watched us and took what they liked and then they're missing some stuff you know but um that's that's the way it is and i wouldn't have had it any other way i'm glad that i went and uh fortunate that i had the sheik as my mentor it's a yeah it's a hell of a guy <laughs> hell of a guy to learn from for sure um well what i want to get to like uh the uh what oh yeah usually our wrestling topic well this would be like kind of our focus usually through the episode but i think it was pretty cool because it's kind of timely because you had two people talking about you uh, a couple of weeks ago it was kurt angle and it was jim ross uh both had some great stuff to say about you um what and you got to listen to both of them what what did you think yeah. of, of both of those episodes and then i'll get a little detail about how you how you worked with kurt and then uh your thought process on jr too yeah, I listened to both of those episodes uh, while I was uh, working out, and uh, they were both awesome. I think because of 420, it was uh, RVD month. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and uh, they both were um, very nice, and they both had a lot of uh, good things to say about me, and they're both guys that I consider friends, you know, uh, especially in a place where there's a lot of guys out there that I would expect to uh, not say, not have as many things uh, or maybe not have noticed as many of the uh, um, things that these guys pointed out, you know, because uh, they're cool and we're cool like that, you know. Um, one thing that I'll bring up, yeah, uh, JR was – Actually, it was Conrad that was reading uh, something JR put out way back in 2001 when there was rumors that they were hiring me and uh, JR. J and so Conrad's reading and JR is saying, I know uh, we haven't hired RVD. We haven't been talking to him. He said, I've only talked uh, to his manager one time. And at that time, I expressed that uh, uh, there was mild interest. Mild interest. Mild interest, and, and I also suggested if he has some other offers uh, that are better, that maybe he should go. I told him that he's not a, a priority with WWE right now. And when I was listening to that show, like, you know, like my ego got kicked in the balls, you know, I was like, oh, and I was like, I remember getting that letter. Like, that's that almost never happens to me. There's been two times, and that's why. You know, I don't want to really put it out there for a third, for it to happen again because it sucks. But this time, it wasn't huge, but it was like you know, in, I'm thinking that uh, everybody wants me. I'm I'm in demand. I could go. I got my choice of places that I want to work. That's what the that's what the kayfabe sheets are saying. Right. Uh, and also, I know that I've got some offers, you know, from uh, from here and then from other places. And and then when I when I got that. Uh, when I heard that, I remember, you know, thinking like, wow, really? He said that? And, and when uh, Conrad was reading that from JR, um, you know, I, I got uh, refreshed that emotion again. Like, motherfucker. And then JR says, yeah, I was lying. I was lying straight out. He said it. <laughs> I was lying. Yeah, I wanted to hire him. I'd always wanted to hire him. And he said, we were negotiating. I handled it exactly how Vince wanted me to handle it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> No, and like you could tell, Jr. loves you. Like he's really into RVD and like what you're able to bring. And like even in uh, you know '97 when you get you started out, he like kept tabs on you and stuff like that. It was just like uh, to to kind of have that guy back you and know that you got the time. It's obviously like you're there. You know, <laughs> it's like Jr. knows his shit. So, um, how did you think about him too? As you know, working with him behind the scenes overall and not just as a commentator, but just as, you know, an individual that you got to interact with. Um, I, I like him a lot more now than I did back then. I was mm -hmm. caught up. I was caught up in um, political warfare, which I pushed back against very much. And, and, and you know, he was uh, part of that. You know, he was office. Yeah. Uh, and he, him and Paul Heyman were kind of playing tug of war with me over who brought me in and, and who would get credit for it. And it was 
frustrating to me because I would talk to one and then I would happen to talk to the other one. And it was weird because they were like, you know, bearing each other through me. And it was just like, it was driving me nuts. But um, also he was the money guy, you know, I went to him. I went to him when I first got there after my first match. And I said, I don't work for this. You know, are you, are you, are you kidding me? You know, I got a $500 uh, uh, check for wrestling uh, my first uh, house show against uh, Johnny, um, Johnny, what's his name? Damn. I'm thinking of the mobster Johnny Stompanato, but Johnny the Bull. Oh, Stan Bully. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy. Mm-hmm. Brother, yeah. Anyway, we had a, show, a match in Atlanta, and I got five hundred bucks, and I was like, I haven't worked for this in like years, you know, <laughs> like, like what the what the fuck? And and this was like one of the maybe the second that I remember real talk that I had with Jr. The first one he talked about at the Marriott when he had to hire me, or you know, yeah, had three. Yeah. Screen me to hire and then uh this time he was like well you know you want to be you want to be the guy you know that sells the tickets and i'm like what control do i have over that you know what i mean and and, and he said well not he said look he said yeah, well it's gonna take time he said look you're gonna he said you're gonna uh that may not seem like very much but you multiply that you know times 20 30 days a week i mean a, a, a month and he said and it, and it goes up and he said you want to be the guy not necessarily the main event but uh, the 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 match that the, that they talk about on the radio, the match that's on the poster, you know, the match that's on the T-shirt that they're selling tickets to, and and uh, and he went on to tell me at that time that, that Steve Austin had uh, had made a uh, seven-digit uh, royalty payment, you know, which which is quarterly, you know, and so I'm thinking like, damn, you know. Uh, that sounds cool, but you know that. But that's him, and I got I got fed that a lot of times. But but anyway, um, he was he was saying, uh, you know, you you know, you gotta hang in there. And I was like, well, if, if it's gonna take a while, I'm gonna have to hit you guys up for a loan first because I, <laughs> you know, I I have my life, my living expenses. I'm yeah. just, I didn't think I was coming here to lose money, and um, and then uh, there was that talk, and then then you know there was a couple times, at least twice that I can remember. Uh, when I went to him because I thought that the check was wrong and both times he was just like, Oh, you're right. Hey, and I was, I was like, man, is that part of the system? Was that something I'm supposed to do regularly? Because, you know, I'm not good at stuff like that. If that's what, you know, what was expected of me, but it, you know, it was like, you said, you know, I was going to get at least this much and oh, yeah, you're right. You know, we were bumped off. WrestleMania um, and put on heat or something, but you said I'd still get paid as if I was on Mania. And this thing, you, you know, that was one of them, and and there was another one. So, you know, he, he was always cool. Um, I learned to like him a lot more, and everybody in general, I learned to like a lot more uh, later in life after my competitive perspective actually dissipated, basically. Well, he was saying that too on the podcast. It's like, that everybody like the wrestling mentality is a lot like hey it's competitive not only that but you have like the the alpha male kind of identity there that's going on and then on top of that he's somebody that's yeah he's the money man he's the talent guy it's just like there's that kind of wedge there that's kind of built in you know from a business perspective with you know a bunch of pro wrestlers so yeah yeah, definitely creates that kind of vibe but um you can tell he really likes you (laughs) that's for sure yeah you know? Yeah, he was, he was never like un, uncool or did anything to me, you know, that that I know of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, talk about Angle too. Uh, he loved working with you. He even said yeah. on the on the show that he wanted he he wished he could have had like a long term program with you, and like you guys worked a little bit in the new ECW and you know cross paths here and there too when WWE like hardcore title stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Talk about working with Kurt because he he kind of. From his amateur wrestling background, obviously, he knows like working snug and working stiff, and yeah. like so, I think he appreciated that from you too. Yeah, he kept uh, he kept saying that every time the other guy mentioned me being snug, he would kept you know he kept taking that bullet for me. Yeah, and I'm more snug, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked I liked I mean, first off, Kurt's such a great wrestler and and a great 
pro wrestler, a great athlete, you know, in general, like he took to our business so quick from right. what he was doing and is so uh, gifted. Uh, and and uh, I, I liked the uh, competitiveness of uh, wrestling with somebody like that, you know, cause uh, it's going to be a way different match than if I'm wrestling, um, I don't know, one man gang. I'm just throwing a name out there, but you know, um, and uh and because I had that ECW spirit and fire inside of me, that really made me want to stand up to him, you know, even though he's an Olympic hero, you know, and, uh, and be like, dude, I am unbeatable right now. And that's how I felt, you know, Yeah, yeah. yeah I felt like, damn, nothing could touch me right now. Um, and so uh, I really enjoyed that. I remember one time, uh, he, uh, he said something to me. We did something, there was something, some flaw, something we, we might've bumped heads or something in the ring. I don't know what it was. The match was almost over and he said something. And I know he doesn't remember this. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but it's something I remember. Sure. Yeah. That uh, he was like, you're not listening to me. And I took so much offense to that, you know, being the veteran that, you know, and just being in the position that I was and, uh, and I'm like, what? I, I'm not listening to you. And, and, and the <laughs> the match ended, and he laughed first, you know. Uh -huh. And I was, I was in the ring, and I just kept saying, "I'm not listening to him." Did he just fucking say that? And I was like, I was like so hot about it, you know. Had myself all worked up, and I went back. Uh, and I went, you know, uh, when I went back there, I went like straight to him. He was sitting there, um, you know, at the monitor. And I was, you know, and he was, hey, thanks. I was like, Kurt, let's talk outside right now. And I was like, so steaming. And he came out there and I said, I'm not listening to you. And uh, I said, is that, that's what you tell me? I need to listen to you? Who the fuck are you? And he's like, what? And I said, you said I'm not listening to you. He goes, no, I didn't. He's got like chew in his mouth and stuff. I was like, <laughs> <You> don't really. <laughs> holding a cup, you know, in his flip flops. He's like, I didn't say that. I go, dude, that's exactly what you said. No, I didn't say that. Did I? No, I don't think I said that. I mean, I mean it if I said that, you know, and it was just like, just like that. Like, it was just like over and funny then at that point, you know, just because, uh, just because he was uh, being crazy Kurt, you know, he kind of got that nickname a little uh, from uh, some of the people from some of the stuff that, that he did. But uh, awesome dude. And, um, you know, I knew when he was in uh, Impact that, you know, he was like the top, the top guy and that made it okay to consider that another place to possibly work if uh the wwe thing wasn't working out which you know uh for me ended up being the case yeah so he was kind of like the lead in almost to be like hey so if kurt's working there and he's he's establishing himself there you're like I, that could be potential for me too although the office told me that he wasn't getting paid what he was rumored to be getting paid you know and uh, i don't mm -hmm. know what but but that was a big factor in it too you know what I sure. mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Way less work for comparable, um, you know, same numbers. So, Totally. Um, what do you think, too? I think what was – you mentioned it, like, Kurt's just really good at – he caught on so quickly. But, like, not only from the wrestling aspect, but, like, from the, the char charisma aspect, too, where it's just, like, backstage. Yeah. His comedic timing was just on point. I was, like, flabbergasted to learn that he was just – he was one of the rare people that used scripts back at the time, you know, where it was just, like – he could memorize all that shit and he had the comedic timing. It was just pretty, pretty impressive for him. To Gifted. Uh, he knew how to commit, you know, mm -hmm. and that it's really a lot of it is about commitment. Um, and that's something that I realized kind of, uh, kind of after got, after having so much experience with uh, acting where I didn't even realize that it's how much I commit is, is how much I, I, I make that part, whatever it is real, Instead of thinking about, I wonder what the director wants, you know, or if I can try to play it off the way I'm guessing he wants it to be done. But instead, you know, if you just know for sure in your mind what it, what this is and you do that, then that's just, that's the better way to go, even if it's the opposite of what the person wanted, because that that takes um, that. Well, that takes a talent and that's that's a great actor, but it's also someone that's uh, uh, believable and uh, convincing in every way because, uh, you know, they fucking believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was able to do that, too, very, very well. Yeah. Um, well, OK, so how are you? Sometimes we'll go off the the beaten path a little bit, but we're we're always going to close it out here with 
RVDology, something that you've done on YouTube before. I think it's fascinating, and uh, it's a really cool way to kind of, I think, cap off the show. It's kind of like like I told you initially in the pitch is like Jerry Springer's final thoughts. Rest in peace. But um, we can. Uh, so I want to give you the floor. You know, we'll close out the show with this. But uh, before we do that, though, let's. Uh, what do you got going on? What What can we plug? What's happening in the well, world? Of May 21st, I'm in Baltimore. I'm not, that's my next uh, time that I'm, that I leave town to uh, go somewhere. Um, filming another Dark Side of the Ring before then. Um, that's uh, coming back, if you didn't know. But this might even be for the next season because this, this guy's not even advertised in the ones that they're advertising for this coming season. So, um, anyway, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep my appearances up now at robvandam.com. It's yep. I've had the website forever, and I, I forget sometimes for years that I have it. Recently, <laughs> I, recently I realized that I had it updated, uh, but I'm going to uh, figure out how to keep it updated so I can keep my upcoming appearances and uh, recent news on there. You know, that's that's mostly what's what's important there. Other the links to my other stuff, you know, but on YouTube um that's how you can keep up with me and, and see all the uh, current s- stuff um i have it you know right now i'm a couple of weeks behind so that's because i've been so busy but i got right. but anyway yeah one of the things i do on there is rvdology and uh this is you know a lot of people uh f- for some reason they if i post some thoughts i have people that feel like they're my parents for some reason <laughs> and they feel like they should tell me like rob you need to do more of this or or hey go do do do, do less of this it's time you rob you're this old can you do this or that or whatever and it's like man i resent that so much you know i've always kind of pushed back against just the the traditional um pressure yeah and the pressure to conform you know yeah because for me, it's always been uh, like, you, you know, what's wrong with asking questions instead of being a blind sheep and just going with the flock? You know, and my dad always encouraged me to ask questions with RVDology. This is the way I do it. So you can't say that I'm wrong at the way that I'm doing my own philosophy and my own thoughts. Yep. You can't. You can say that you disagree with them and that's fine. But nonetheless, uh, these are, and there's a bunch of these episodes on there. These are uh, some values that I myself use and have found them to be very successful in helping me achieve a better life. I'm 52 years old. I wouldn't go backwards for anything. Like my life gets better and better the longer I'm around. And the more I learn about how to make my life better, uh, and the more I learn how to prioritize and how to pay attention to things that pick my energy up and how to ignore things that bring my energy down. And, and the, the payoff is just tremendous in the quality of life. I mean, I don't know if that can, comes across, but a lot of people live with a lot of stress, a lot of hate, you know, uh, they put out a lot of negative comments. Maybe they hate their job. They hate their family. They hate their car. They hate where they live blah, blah, blah. That's not me. And so I can't tell everybody, hey, you shouldn't do what you're doing. You should do what I'm doing. But I do offer up. I'm just offering up um, my ways. And, uh, you know, from the feedback, it is helping a a lot of people. You know, Um, I am a positive energy kind of person. So uh, people that that are energy vampires uh, I'm very apparent that they're that they're around, and uh, I've had friends that uh, the more I learned about what I needed, the less I could be around them just because of the life they had to offer me by hanging out with them. You know, uh, yeah. And and so let me use this uh, as an example. If you're, you might be the kind. Of, let's say you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden a car comes very fast beside you passes you and then pulls over in front of you and then they uh, have to uh, slow down and then take the exit that's there like really quick all right a lot of people will be like 
what the fuck is this guy doing? Had to go up there and pass me just to make that fucking exit like that. I would be thinking, I wonder why that guy had to go up there that fast. Maybe he didn't realize that the exit was going to be there that quick. You know, maybe his wife's pregnant. I don't know. But I know that there is a reason. And yeah. basic, basic thinkers can't think that far. They can only think that just the one stage of how everything affects them. They don't have any empathy, and it's the majority of people, I fear, uh, the majority of the status quo, and I think that a lot of people think it's okay uh, to be that way, um, and, you know, I would argue against that point, at least for me, um, you know, if you want to be cool like RVD, then, uh, you, you know, first off, you might say, hey, that was a good move. I can't believe you actually cut over three lanes and wow. made that. Good, good job, bro. Impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's a lot more about um, giving energy, you know. Um, so I, I talk about a, uh, a subject um, and then I always, by the way, our ideology is full of stories that nobody has ever heard, ever. I didn't all, hear you. Yeah. No. The Mike nobody. Starr story you told and all that stuff. I didn't know any of that. Which one was it? The Mike Starr story, it was, I think, the one with commitment. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, what people think about you, that was it. What people Okay. Think. Yep. Well, anyway, yeah, they're all, I always end them in stories, you know, to try to relate when I learned some lessons uh, that are relevant, the subject. And um, and I they're all stories and no one's ever heard of them. And by the way, I also do that uh, and elaborate on different stories that no one else has heard that I'm, collecting on audio and they're all going to be part of a project uh in the near future so so that's something too but here's something uh the most basic uh rule of rvdology that i think that everybody should be able to accept uh and then once you accept it you have to make it part of your new perspective you have to reprogram yourself as an adult if you're trying to grow Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not going to tell anyone you have to do this or you should do that. But if you're interested in like a spiritual growth, you have to reprogram yourself as an adult. So, uh, by the way, if anybody has a doobie, this is a good time to this is the good time to light up. Rob, I'm going to give you the whole floor here. So smoke your way up. Yeah. There you go. OK, cool. So um, eat, sleep, smoke, repeat. Mm. Here's, here's something that um, I run into all the time, um, and, and it's frustrating, but frustration is a negative vibe, so I try not to hold on to it. And usually just awareness, pointing something out, is dealing with it to a great extent, a great enough extent to where hopefully it won't frustrate you uh, anymore. But here's the thing. Um, we all have our own values. Boom. That's it. Like... If, if I could have a, a church of RVDologists, I would have them repeat that a thousand times until they know that it's true. Because it, it answers so many questions and so many, uh, so much unnecessary drama with people. Um, you know, when you're a kid, it might be like, ooh, you know, why are you wearing those shoes? You know, or why do you hang out with that guy? Or, ooh, why do you like that song? anything you know or why do you play that musical instrument whatever it is you know what i mean um all i i hated all that i hated uh trying to fit in i hated other people trying to tell me that my values didn't work and that i should use their values instead that's never made sense to me but still at 52 i see so many basic thinkers that need to be reminded this they don't understand you know like Man, why does why does she like that guy? I'd beat his ass. Well, you know what? She might not be into uh, whoever's the toughest. This isn't caveman days, you know. I had to learn that one myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little primal for uh, some of the things you can offer a lady now. <laughs> anyway, we all have our own values, and you should not expect other people to have uh, the exact same values as you. Usually the more values we share with somebody, the more we'll enjoy their company, the easier they'll, it'll be to, to hang out with them. But if they're, if they're a little bit, their values are different, guess what? That can add 
to the experience as well and just uh, make it uh, more entertaining uh, to be with each other. Um, Katie and I uh, share so many of the same values. I never thought that I would want to date uh, someone in the entertainment business because uh, I see what goes on with the traveling and, and, you know, with the girls traveling with the guys and this and that. Um, uh, but uh, when uh, Katie and I started dating, it was like magic. And, and I realized that, that sh we understood each other's goals, priorities. Uh, we understood business, everything about it. And we had such a bond that we can trust each other regardless of what we see other people doing. And it's fucking amazing. And, and, and the payoff is uh, incredible. Now, where she has some other values... Um, that's great. I love to see her happy. Um, I don't have to be into twerking to know that she enjoys it. And I'll tell you this, I would much rather be with a group of uh, five girls that are twerking and screaming and having fun and putting each other over said, yes, you're hot. than being in a group of five dudes that are saying, girls are fucking stupid. I hate that twerking, you know, uh, <laughs> forget about it. Put me in the group with the girls every time. Uh, and, and the reason I, that I say that they put each other over, that's true too. Other girls that just want to hate on, uh, on the girls. That's something too, that, um, does not, uh, um, is not conducive to RVDology, putting people down, finding a negative thing, you know, if it's joking or whatever, or, or you're going, for shock value so you point out something uh, just to laugh but it's inside and you don't want to hurt someone's feelings that there's there's reasons for everything but um take uh uh trolls i saw i saw somebody put a, a shitty comment something maybe it was rvd uh looks old or something <laughs> something on twitter it was opposite of what everyone else said and i was like let me see who, who this person is and and every single one of their comments and it was to all different fields of entertainment was all just bullshit you know it was like the, you know the the rams sucked this year and then it was like <laughs> this is the worst season for so and so and and i and it, they didn't have any followers you know and it was i was like what a horrible person that just wants to spit that out in, in the into the universe and what kind of a life can you expect from that what you're surrounding yourself with the shit that you're spewing out of your mouth and uh, you're burying yourself in your own little dark feces filled apartment. So um, everyone has their own values and doesn't mean you have to agree with them. You know, there's pedophiles out there and Hey, I'm not going to accept that value. Well, you don't have to, um, you know, there are lines. We all draw lines. We don't all draw lines in the same place. That's another RVDology episode, uh, by the way. Um, and it's something that, that you have to know because it is value-based where, where we draw our lines. You know, um, a lot of people would do a lot of things that I would never do. But guess what? I'm all right with that. I don't have to know why this person wants to do this thing that I don't want to do, how this person could stand uh, doing this. It's okay. You know, we're all, we're all different. Uh, and, uh, and when it comes to even physical, you know, we have our own body chemistry. We react differently to, to different things. I, I said something recently on a post that um, I, I had I've been working on depleting sugar and, and I feel good. Oh, I said, I don't get addicted to anything. Yeah. And that, right. And I don't, you know, and, and so that is, I'm not putting that up there and saying, tell me I'm wrong. But these people would say, well, you will get addicted to coffee if you drink it four days in a row and quit. Hey, fuck you. You think that I haven't done that before I made that statement? You know, 52 years old, you don't think that I have drank coffee and then stopped enough to times to feel comfortable saying that I don't get addicted to it. And I don't. And the same thing with pot. I can smoke it all day for several days and then I can go several days without no problem. I could do that with uh, uh, pain pills. Uh, although I do get a little leg rest, a little restless leg um, syndrome. Yeah, a little bit when I'm uh, 
if uh, if I do that with uh, opiates or even kratom, will do that if I've taken a lot of it for several days and then and then stop. So that is a uh, type of uh, withdrawal. But but yeah, you know, I just don't understand why can people not accept that we're all different because that is everything that I stand for. That's why this show is one of a kind because my perspective is going to be different. It always is. I'm used to that now. I'm used to the fact that I see things different than other uh, people. It's, it's cool to look at me in the ring and say, Oh, I like RVD's rolling thunder. But if you watch this and you watch me, you're going to see how the sausage is made because I think outside the box all the time. And uh, some people just can't do that. And they can't accept that that can be done. And how the hell is somebody going to tell me this is what's going to happen to, to, to your body. If you do this, you know, you drink, if you drink six cups a day for three days, and then you stop, you will get headaches and you will get shaky hands. Fuck you. You are so ignorant. Why, why do you feel like you can say that to other people that you don't know. Anyway, I'm trying to make a point because I'm one of a kind and I think that we all are. And um, I think that it's important for me to remind everybody that we're all unique. We all got our own chances in life. And, um, you know, if you think you're just a spot filler, um, then uh, you're just a background character and that's how you live your life then, uh, hey, you know, more power to you. But um, if you think you might have some things in common with uh, RVD here, um, it's not just about being able to kick ass and do a sweet five-star frog splash. It's also about uh, using my head. I like to think. I like to inspire other people to think. And um, that's what I want to leave uh, today on is uh, check out uh, The Real RVD YouTube. You're welcome to look at Every RVDology episode, there's 20 or so on there, um, maybe more. And uh, leave comments. Let me know also um, if if you have any thoughts about it, because that's why I do it. We're all different. We all have different values based on our own perspectives in our own lives. It doesn't mean that everybody's should be treated equal, but it does mean that it's okay that this person likes to read comic books and you don't. Don't create drama. Don't create any disturbance in the force if you want to uh, master RVDology. Well, you're right. Like, there's a whole lot of basic thinkers out there. <laughs> and it's, you can yeah. see it. And the, the fact that if you're able to kind of just go from the look of, hey, we all got different values. We all look at things a different way. And it's just, people are not going to line up with you and you might not vibe with that person very well. It's just, you know, and if you, yeah, empathy is a big thing too that you mentioned. And I think that's yeah. a huge takeaway is like, no, you're not thinking about like, if somebody's kind of a dick to you or you're walking by, nobody says hello. Say a lot of the times too, I would say hi to people, you know, growing up in rural Pennsylvania, I'm like, okay, I say hi to people. And like, if somebody doesn't say hi back, I initially would probably have got offended or been upset or that guy's an yeah. asshole or whatever. Yeah. Whereas yeah. maybe they're just having a shitty day. I would give them another chance or maybe they didn't hear me. Another thing that could that be, it's just like, you got to think a little outside of things a little bit. And that's what RVDology is doing, man. So yeah. basic <laughs> thinkers do not use empathy. They, they don't, they don't understand that the other person that they're talking about, isn't just a character in their life. That person is doing what they're doing for a reason, just because you don't know the reason doesn't mean there's no reason. There's definitely a reason. And it's one thing to just say, yeah, I, I do get that. I understand that. But it's another thing to have that perspective all the time. And that's what I call empathetic is when you have that perspective and you know that, uh, you know, if you push this dude out in the street and gets hit by a car, you know that sucked for him. You're not just laughing because it was cool for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's horrible people, horrible, horrible people out there. Oh, but there's good ones too, and yep. uh, we're the good ones that listen to to us. It's a one of a kind here, and it yeah. is. It's one of a kind here. We guys, we thank you for joining us for episode one here. Uh, we can't wait to keep on going here. It's going to be a fun time, and we'll we'll kick on a whole bunch of different subjects. So. Yeah, let's um, take requests on uh, what people want to see too. Yes, absolutely.
absolutely. And hey, we always want to take questions too. As Rob mentioned, uh, RVD YouTube, you can go right up top here, rvdpod.com. It'll lead you right to there. So go there, like, subscribe. But then also, if you guys want to ask questions, we'll, we're going to end this. We'll end the show too, along with RVDology, but we'll end it with Ask RVD. So he'll field fan questions, all that stuff. We'll we'll get you on here and get, get some of your feedback. Uh, yeah, feedback, anything. Try to, we'll try to get our doobies worth at the end of the show. That's right. And next episode, too, I will talk to you about my uh, interaction with uh, marijuana. <laughs> it's, my, I'm a very novice when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, I have some stories to tell. So <laughs> we can touch oh, upon that coming up. Do the, and we'll do this again uh, next week. Hey? Yep, absolutely. So, okay, guys. We'll see you here next week on One of the Times. Oh, yeah. One of the Times.